0: You're listening to Toronto's number one real estate podcast, powered by Watson Estates. The most successful local real estate investing starts right here, right now. Here's your host, broker, investor, and social media influencer, Bradley Watson. Good morning, investors, Bradley here from Watson Estates, and you're listening to the largest, fastest growing podcast for Toronto Real Estate on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. As an investor and a broker myself, I want to know for me and for my clients, where are their opportunities here in the GTA real estate market? And the news is straight up crazy these days. And so we try, and as myself, I'm trying to figure out what's going on and then share it with you here on our podcast. So thank you for joining us. Today, we got some great stuff we're going to cover First off are red hot real estate prices, a curse for renters. We're going to start to see this balance between prices, real estate prices and rents. I want to talk about the impact that's happening happening in the suburb communities and really try and piece this together on what is the world look like for the renter these days. And then, Are condo owners, quote unquote, handcuffed in the Toronto real estate market? Some people would argue that they are. We're going to look at that. We're going to look at facts and figures and trends and try and really wrap our head around if that is the case. And last off, are luxury penthouses in Toronto as cheap as $459,000 right now? One article argues it is. We're going to look at that and are luxury real estate prices down? But as, as we kind of get started here, I like to have some fun. Last few days, we've been doing a lot of chores around our house, getting caught up with just really good family time. You can't do much out and about these days. So that's what we've been doing. And in the meantime, I just wanted to give some advice to the fellas and to the ladies. Ladies, your turn is coming. Fellas, make sure you do enough chores around the house or she'll leave you post-COVID. Post-COVID, you'll be coming to me and say, Bradley, Bradley, man. You'll be crying on my shoulder. It was devastating. <laughs> Sorry, I won't be laughing, I promise. I didn't do much to deserve it. (laughs) And therein lies the problem. But ladies, please and please, please, you got to work with us. When a man promises to do the chores, he will keep the promise. There's no need to remind him every six months. All right, please guys, as we wrap in, we're gonna start this this up here and talk about rents. Please hit the subscribe, like this video. If you could download the last five episodes, it helps our algorithms. As well, if you're not already, hop on our investors list of off-market and apartment deals. We send those out, you can find that down below. All right, let's jump into it, guys. Blog TO article, start us up today. The cost of rent in downtown Toronto is now cheaper than elsewhere in the GTA. Listen to this, the average cost of renting a home in central Toronto is 2132 in December, compared to slightly higher Toronto at 2152, but next to the GTA at 2227. So, Toronto is clearly now more affordable with no there's no argument here than the GTA, specifically in central Toronto. This puts central Toronto's rent down more than 18% from the same time in 2019. A more substantial drop in the GTA, which fell only 9.75%. Still significant, but comparing apples to apples, we see a price to rent ratio between Toronto and the GTA, pointing more, if you're gonna consider between renting and owning, the city of Toronto comes off as not as enticing to own, because you actually get a better deal on the renting side. Then we can, there's, we're not gonna get into that. I've actually talked about that on past podcasts, but just to kind of summarize that. So we're gonna look at Toronto. Then we're gonna look at the surrounding communities and what is happening, what's playing out in the rental market and how real estate prices is directly, directly impacting rents. BlogTO.com has an article, average Toronto rent prices haven't been this low in three and a half years. Staggering year over year price drops of 20% since this time last year and the lowest average one bedroom rental rates we've seen in the city since three and a half years ago. That's crazy, guys. That's crazy. The median price of a one bedroom in Toronto is currently $18.30 while a two bedroom is down only 2.4% for an average price of 2470. Just two years later, we were sitting pretty at a medium one bedroom rent price of 2300 where the city remained until November when it hit a two month long peak of 2350 per month. there's a lot of questions on what's happened recently. We'll talk a little bit about that in just a second, but rents are clearly down in the city. They're clearly down, specifically in those smaller units, those micro units up until recently, which we'll talk about. But here's a good point. What we do know is that they won't be able to skyrocket by much until next year. Interesting thinking. As the Ford government has put a rent freeze into place for all of 2021. Is that? A, I guess that's a question for us. Do we think that that rent freeze, that which applies to pretty much most tenants living in rented houses, apartments, condos, built in any year, do we think that that's going to actually suppress rental prices? I, I don't know because I tend to see from my experience, that these limitations on rent actually lead to rent increases, significant rent increases. When you have these vacant units, and they say it right here too, owners of vacant units, you can rent at any price you want. So if the rent rates go back up, yes, there's a freeze, but if anything, it's more of an incentive to remove them because at the point of having a vacant unit, Now people can rent them at the market rate, especially if they go up. But it's also a reason as a tenant that you want to be considering locking in those rates right now. They even say that here while places are still, they say, pandemically priced. (laughs) But there is some indication that rents may be stabilizing. John Pisalis had a Twitter post, some signs of strength in the condo rental market. Lease transactions were up significantly the second half of 2020. So if we look just recently, we don't see the same struggles in the condo rental space, specifically downtown, as we did in the first half of 2020 during the height of COVID wave number one. So, how does this all play out? Well, recently they're saying he's he's got word from someone who got six offers on a rental listing after two days on market. There is a level of competition brewing. There's some competition coming back in the rental space. Don't delay locking in that rental unit at a steep discount. Don't be lazy. Stop procrastinating if you're a tenant and you want an opportunity to get that COVID pandemic discount. Now's your chance. Don't sit there and whine. <laughs> like my daughter, I asked him to do some chores, man. They just sit there. Eh right? She asked if she needed to vacuum the whole house. I'm like, obviously not. You just need to do the floors. <laughs> but it doesn't, the fun doesn't stop there. Cause that's just what's happening in Toronto. I think the real story here is the surrounding cities. There's some big things happening. I, I found an article St. Catharines standard.ca called red hot Niagara real estate market is a blessing for sellers, a curse for renters, and the first person they talked to is Terry McCullum, who is the president of the Niagara Association of Realtors, asking, what are prices doing in Niagara? And they're, we, if you follow our show, you know they're crazy. Here's how crazy. Resale prices shot up 15% last year and 22% over the past four years due to a shortage of housing. A typical house now sells for, I added the word, whopping <laughs> 476000 <000. gasps> No way. <laughs> It wasn't uncommon last year being 2020 for the listing to have eight to 10 different bidders. Honestly, last week we had a house that had 20 offers, she said. And a couple of days ago, they had one that had 37 offers. Crazy, crazy. But that all plays in to this conversation of renting. We're not getting off course because they spoke with Catherine Livingston, and pro- program manager at Community Care of St. Catharines and Thorold, who said high home resale prices have driven rental costs through the roof. It sounds like what we were saying a few years back in Toronto. Prices are going so crazy. What do you expect? Yeah, of course your, your income isn't gonna be able to keep up with the increase in rent. With fewer owners willing to rent, rental prices have gone up and landlords are more selective about who they rent to. Listen to this. They don't want anyone who's on assistance. They're asking for things that people can't provide because they can, if I were to fill that in. A lot of people are struggling with their credit rating right now. A lot of people don't have the means to put first and last month's rent together. Yeah, which means as a landlord, you're not welcome to stay in my house. Do you blame them when there's this level of competition that exists among the tenants? You can't get mad at the landlords, but it's interesting that price has been the direct led to a direct result of rent increases. Livingston said a person receiving disability assistance gets a base amount of 1169 monthly. So less than $1,200, but according to rentboard.ca two unit apartment in Niagara Falls or St. Catharines goes for an average of 1500 per month. Now, do you wonder why people don't want people on assistance that explains it. Even if someone finds a place for 900 or a thousand a month, how are you living? Good question. On its website, Niagara regional housing reports, wait times for affordable accommodations range from two years to 18 years, depending on size and the community. So if you live in the city, be thankful tenants in surrounding communities are getting killed, killed by housing prices because the prices are leading to the rent increases and landlords are coming out clean, man, cleaning up out there. And you know what they call cleaning a skele- a cleaning skeleton. <laughs> I blew it. The grim sweeper, the grim sweeper, the landlords out there. <laughs> All right. We're going to have some more fun. Fun continues. Are condo owners handcuffed then in the Toronto real estate market? Prices are down. What an interesting conversation. And we've seen articles, people hinting at as being handcuffed. I've even said it. I'll talk about what my thoughts are on that after we hear other opinions on it. So let's look specifically at Toronto for right now. Blog, Remax blog says, this is Remax publication directly. Condo owners handcuffed, Remax is saying this, handcuffed in the Toronto real estate market. I love this paragraph. North America's fourth largest city is enduring a pro a two-pronged problem. The first is that Airbnb hosts are selling their vacant short-term units with borders closed to non-essential travel and short-term rental rules tightened last year. The second is people are fleeing. We'll talk more about that. The hyper dense city for green pastures and rural communities. So we don't, we have an influx of, of supply for these leases that aren't being met by demand. That's argument number one, and people are leaving. They're not interested in buying in the city city, both a supply and a demand problem. According to Remax, this begs the question, can condo owners sell their units in a market plagued by dwindling demand and surging inventory is up for you guys to decide. Let's hear what they've got to say. And then we'll talk a little bit about an opposing view. One of the things we're handcuffed by, this is speaking to one of the residents of Toronto condo. Uh, his actually name is Dale Paul Jordan with a hyphen in there. (laughs) I've seen people with two first names. This guy takes it, man, three first names. Way to go, buddy. One of the things we're handcuffed to is selling our condo to help with the down payment. But does the data reflect the notion that condo owners in the Toronto real estate market are handcuffed? They're saying, I got a condo, I can't get rid of it. I wanna leave the city, you know, but I can't. I can't go anywhere. Well, if we look at the stats, Treb's average condo prices tumbled 4.7% year over year in December. So in theory, if you bought in December last year, you're actually in the water on average. Obviously that is skewed as well, but on average. So in that scenario, yeah, if you just bought and now you're down, what are you going to do? Of course. But they say for now, it seems as though Toronto condo owners looking to leave the city have two options. They stay put or sell the unit at a deep Discount, but perhaps 2021 will offer more options for quote, handcuffed home buyers. Here's my opinion. In my opinion, only those who are in negative territory are truly stuck. If you wanna say you're handcuffed, it means your equity levels are below. We've talked about past shows. I've said that these people are in a sense handcuffed, which actually speaks to a stabilizing in the market. Because if they're stuck, if they're truly stuck, that creates a support. They're not gonna leave unless you push them out, which, We'll talk about it in a minute. You actually can't just push these guys out anymore with all. Anyways, let's not go there. We'll, we'll get there. Talking about rental or evictions for tenants. Ev- anyways, we'll get there. People are using the term, quote, handcuffed way too loosely, though. You're, you're including way too many people in my perspective. What is this? Cops and robbers? Come on now. Call me stupid for cleaning my firearms with honey but I'm sticking to my guns. (laughs) We aren't handcuffed. There's a very select few of people who are. Those first-time homebuyers that didn't put a lot of money into their deal. But don't worry. We got a future, guys. Condo owners also have a future. Here are the reasons why I don't believe people are handcuffed as defined by REMAX in that article. A couple other articles for you. First question, how can they be both handcuffed and leaving? If we were to, in fact, see people are leaving the city, are they truly from a macro perspective, handcuffed. Over a 12-month period, this is a Globe and Mail article called toronto montreal Sea Exodus Pick-Up-Pace Aggravated by COVID-19 Pandemic. Over a 12-month period ending July 1st, 2020, and overlapping with the first wave of the pandemic, Metropolitan Area of Toronto set, saw a net intra-provincial outflow of 50,000 people, according to StatsCan, which sounds really bad it's not that much more than the year before. It means what that's saying is 50,000 plus more people left the city to go to other parts of Ontario, than moved in to the city, a record high, according to data, going back almost two decades, Toronto saw their population continue to grow though, right? It continued to grow despite all the drops in immigration, owing mainly to international migration. So, Our immigration was so hot that even when you take a fraction of it, it still outnumbers the number of people who are leaving the city. Immigration has plummeted because of the pandemic. International migration still accounts for 90% of the population growth in Canada's census metropolitan areas. They're holding it up. Even with the low number we have and the projections on what we want to get in immigration is very high. So think about on the tail end of that. Toronto still grew population-wise 1.4%. The big change in demand he observed stems from two adult households with both people suddenly able to work remotely, allowing them to look further afield for housing that explains the trend of people leaving. And if you look, I thought this was cool. They have the work from home stats. How many people are actually doing that? Labor figures show a massive rise in remote work. As of December, roughly 4.8 million Canadians worked from home, a new situation for 2.8 million of them. So the people who work from home, more than half of them that do that are brand new to that circumstance. The majority of workers in three white collar industries, professional, scientific services, finance and insurance, and public administration, they all worked from home. So what did I say, the majority? So the majority, over 50% of those particular industries were now working from home. It allows you the opportunity to leave. So don't tell me you're handcuffed because people are leaving more than they've ever left the city before. The other thing that I want to point to is how can they say there's no demand for condos or that they're hard to sell? I saw this article, another article from Globe and Mail trolling for deals in a wilted Toronto condo market. Here's a question they ask in the article, Are condominium apartment investors sniffing around for deals in Toronto's downtown core. Could they? According to analysis from urban nation, December sales in the two most active sub markets in downtown Toronto, C1 and C8 jumped 26% month over month in December, right? And 102% year over year to their highest level since May, 2019, there's a lot of sales happening in the downtown core all of a sudden. So who's buying more of these condos at their new low prices? The answer, Investors, investors, and we're going to talk about some stats, but investors are cleaning up, which is more than I can say about my vacuum. (laughs) Seems to be cleaning less of the house than before. I don't know. I think it has Roomba toy arthritis. (laughs) Uh, All right, lighten it up. Here we go. Regular end users just chug along at their steady pace. And if have any wild changes in the market in either direction, it's likely due to investor behavior. People are leaving. The trend is to go outwards. People are, have the ability, they're not handcuffed. They have the ability to move outwards. Who's picking up the slack and who's creating the demand then with a sudden surge in sales in December? Investors, they're filling that in. They see an opportunity. They asked Andrew LaFleur, who specializes with investor buyers, Remax, Condo Plus, he said, any single unit property in the city of Toronto that is break even cash flow based on a traditional 20% mortgage has been nearly impossible to find in the last five to 10 years, but most especially in the last four since 2016. And that is all based on the argument that people are buying these condos or in any investment property in the city for the purpose of cash flow. Because you could say, well, they're not making any money and rents are down. You haven't been able to break even for at least four years. Definitely for pretty much my entire real estate career, which I think is about eight years, falls in that category. And that entire time, you couldn't get a positive cash flow unless you're putting like 40, 50% down on a condo in the city. Yet people have been buying all the way through. For his buyers, return was calculated on eventual equity appreciation with prices and mortgage rates falling. The amount of cash an investor can expect to lose while waiting for that equity payday has actually shrunk, surprisingly. It's actually shrunk. So when we look, you can see the share of downtown condos jumped up a lot in December as did those that were under 600 square feet. During COVID, the ones that were most impacted are actually the most investor friendly. Most they their favorites of the investor are actually the ones that have a steep jump in the number of sales activity. So it fits the narrative because we see, in November, if we look at all condo apartment sales, downtown as a percentage in November was 36.1. Now it's 40.5, which is crazy. And this is based on investors purchasing rather than homeowners purchasing. So we see a steep jump. And as far as small apartments go, for the units in that downtown C1 and C8 area, they were 30.7% in November. Now they're up 37, 36.9%. So a pretty big jump as far as investor activity. And if we want to look at counterpoints or the, the the bear argument on why that's a bad investment, John Pesales put a counterpoint here. Investors rushing back to the condo market has put a short term floor on prices. Those investors jumping in and scooping them when they're low, creating that support. And maybe handcuff buyers, some handcuff people there too. But when investors don't care about rents and only buy for the expected appreciation, it's not a good sign. We saw how that played out in the GTA suburbs in 2017, he says. And I know there's a lot of you like, yeah, woohoo, go John. A lot of the stuff he says is, is accurate. This one I think is a bit of a flop. Dude, the only reason my response says the only reason people buy the GTA is for appreciation. Let's be let's be straight here, and that's been the case for years. It wasn't a 2017 thing or a 2021 thing. That's always been the thing. You want to be here for appreciation. If you want a cash flow, you'd go somewhere else. This isn't the place for cash flow, baby. Toronto is a pretty good bet right now, and a lot of investors are saying that with their investment dollars. Where else are you gonna go? None of it. <laughs> Man, people in Northern Canada are strange, yo. <laughs> Did you know everyone in the territories, they prefer shovels over brooms when it comes to tidying their floors, weirdos. (laughs) I'm sorry if that's a sweeping generalization. (laughs) All right. So let's look at prices, medium prices and where they're gonna be headed. We're gonna go there too. Actually, Royal LePage had a forecast they released where the medium price they said for 2021, they're expecting will be a rise in the GTA of 7.5%, but less significant in the condo space at 0.5%. Meanwhile, the aggregate price of a GTA home is expected to rise 5.75%. And we see articles with headlines like this, CTV Toronto. Dirty Toronto house hits the market for a whopping $1 million. Woo! But contrary to popular belief, things are looking up for condo owners. Scott Ingram had a Twitter post, Jiminy Crickets. Sales for the first half of January are way up on last year. Almost double for condos. And remember last year started out hot And he's got some of the stats there, but it's unbelievable the speed that condos are growing as far as number of sales, even in the first half of January. I'm not talking last month, I'm talking two days ago. (laughs) Listings are not building up. In all of 416, there were only 26 more active freehold listings than there were on new year's day. So net adding less than two a day across the whole city. Geez, I hope buyers don't get carried away, but I'm already seeing examples of people going cray cray. They're going loco. for for all types of real estate, which I think these high projections of increasing and saying we're similar to last year will be interesting. I I think we could outperform, especially with a lot of the factors that are coming into play and especially on the low rise side, but people are clueless. They're clueless when it comes to the condo market and that it's actually heating up quite quickly. I understand we all miss small details. Sometimes it's like that time someone put dish soap on my ceiling. I didn't know until it, it dawned upon me. <laughs> so here's my thoughts. Condo owners aren't handcuffed, but they are falling behind. And the bubble, quote unquote bubble, it's not in Toronto anymore. I'm not gonna get into that in this show because that would that's a whole other rabbit hole, but I will be talking about that on our next podcast episode. So make sure you're following our show. We'll discuss more about that next time. Let's jump into some hot topics here before we get into the luxury side of things. And at this point in the show, I'm just gonna say again, please subscribe, download the last five episodes and hop on our investor list. We actually, a couple days back, I sent out a two house for one, two houses on one property, cash flowing over $800 per month. Not bad, not a bad return. And we were able to send it out to our investor list. So hop on that if you want to get access to those as well. Here's what we're going to start with. We're going to start with the CREA stats, Canadian real estate prices. We won't go too deep, but just to mention that December sales were up 47.2% compared to December last year across the country. That's the largest year-over-year gain in monthly sales in 11 years. Sales for the month were up 7.2% compared with November. It's not just Toronto that is hot, but Toronto is a big part of it, of course. National average home price was a record 607,000 December up 17.1%. If you take Toronto and Greater Vancouver, the GTA and the Greater Vancouver area out, that drops your average price by almost $130,000. just goes to show the weight that those two regions are carrying. And another prediction on the tail end of Canada that RBC has made for 2021, here's what they say. They're calling for an 8.4% benchmark home price increase in 2021, basically the same as this year. So they're thinking 2021 is going to be as hot as 2020. They're also calling for a bit of a slowdown for Ontario, meaning from 10.9% increase to only 9.6% increase. We're still talking a 10% increase. They're calling on Alberta, Manitoba and Newfoundland as duds with the rest at a decent to strong price growth. BC, Quebec and Nova Scotia, they have as even stronger price growth than this year. That's an RBC quote. But this is why I love looking at different points because better dwelling, they shine a big spotlight on the RBC execs who are actually calling for falling real estate prices. Despite the economists as we just heard calling for a rise in prices, the forecast is contrary to the numbers RBC execs stated to investors just last month. It's not uncommon to have forecasts with different outcomes. However, it's rare to see the same organization have different outlooks at the same time. <laughs> This speaks to how unpredictable the market will be after the pandemic when cheap money can't be justified. Crazy, crazy. What did they say? They say, they said house prices declining by 8% and remaining depressed until late 2023. That's what they said they were expecting the executives just last month. Crazy, not so interesting to see the dilemma, even within the same organization. What ridiculousness, man. Predictions are like buttholes. (laughs) Everyone's got one and they all stink. (laughs) <clears throat> All right, let's get serious. Seriousness. Man, we consume so many contradicting headlines just flashing past us daily. Toronto is nothing more than an epileptic person eating their favorite meal <laughs> a seizure salad. <laughs> and this same RBC forecast. They said that the Bank of Canada's overnight rate will be staying flat for next year and a half before it takes a a tiny step up. A lot of people think the Bank of Canada will be a leader in getting that interest rate up. And that was a prediction RBC made, which brings me to my next hot topic. When will interest rates potentially go down <laughs> a direct opposition? Like what? how I couldn't paint a better story here. Will job losses hasten the bank of Canada's next rate cut. This comes from movesmartly.com. When we look at the latest jobs data, our economy lost 63,000 jobs last month, far worse than the 27,500 decline this consensus had expected and marked our first monthly drop since April. So not only are we getting new jobs, but now we're starting to lose jobs again. And al- although December employment data was disappointing, January's data are likely to be worse. The longer the pandemic drags out, the more per- permanent economic damage it will cost. So here we go. Interest rate cut response to what RBC said. The Bank of Canada recently expressed a willingness to cut its policy rate again if circumstances warrant. Our weakening employment backdrop has to heighten their concern, especially if our January employment data come in sharply lower as expected. That's one thing. The other thing is the loonie comparing to the greenback is very high. And that's another reason for them to cut the rates. Bank of Canada has been pretty clear. They don't want to go into negative rate territory, but we still have room being at 0.25 tonight. And today there's an expectation. It could go between 0.1 to 0.15%. And I tend to agree with this article surprisingly or not, we need to get that interest rate up, but these factors are putting a lot of pressure on our economy. And I think if I had to hedge a bet that odds are, we will see another, another rate drop. Let's see. See how we do them rates, man. I'm going to drop faster than the time I drop my phone while washing the dishes. <laughs> Guess It's in sync now. <laughs> Get it? Like the sink, not like the nineties boy band. <laughs> okay. That was a bad joke. let was recover. Recovery. Recovery. Here we go. I'm not sure if you guys knew, but my wife has this like OCD thing where she arranges the dinner plates by the day they were bought. <laughs> it's an extremely rare dish order. <laughs> that was funny. I know you chuckled. All right. BlogTO.com, virtual eviction hearings to continue at LTB despite Ontario's new ban. Here, we're going to have some more fun. There's been a ton of news come out in the last week, clearly. And this is one of them. They've got this now with the stay-at-home order, the state of emergency. We're in Ontario. Doug Ford has said for the next 28 days that we're not going to be allowed to evict people. But at the same time, it's a temporary pause, but we also are allowed... I I'm just paraphrasing the article just to give you the the Coles notes here. Where the the landlord tenant board is still running and is still able to evict. They still has a process of eviction. So if you've got someone kicked out, that is still happening. And the beautiful thing is that that's online. So they're able to do it. And a lot of people aren't happy about that. The only exception I think to the eviction ban is pretty much just like illegal activity. So you guys out there living in farms, right? With a criminal record, don't get too ahead of yourself you can still (laughs) you can still get caught if you do something illegal out there sleeping on the hay even if you're on bail (laughs) yeah that that, yeah (laughs) moving on this emergency order will also protect homeowners who are facing evictions due to court orders for possession of their properties when i read that that's crazy. I'll read it again. This emergency order also protects homeowners who are facing evictions due to court orders for possessions of their properties. That's crazy. that That extends beyond. That's not just renters. That includes the homeowners. I don't know. Wait for that blanket of power of sale deals to come down the line later, I guess. But the fine print of the document reveals what many tenants and advocates were afraid of. Virtual eviction hearings will continue over the past few months will continue despite the van, the ban. In other words, sheriffs will not actively enforce evictions for the next 28 days, which we'll talk about the extension of that. So this is probably also going to get extended if I had to hedge a bet here. And landlords can still seek eviction orders. Hearings will still be held and tenants will presumably be removed from their homes as soon as the moratorium is lifted. So again, we got a stockpile of tenants that are currently able to be evicted, but that aren't being able to be forced out with a sheriff until post moratorium. Man, messy, I'll tell you. Dougie Ford and the tenant advocacy groups have been arguing for months, right? About who's gonna, whose turn it is to do the laundry or something silly, right? Eventually he folded. <laughs> I know, Doug, I know. You had no choice but to do the dirty laundry. I know, your hands were tied. <laughs> so here is this, this is the update on the state of emergency, which I kind of hinted at there. We originally, we pretty much just went from a lockdown to a state of emergency. Which is like the same rules, except Doug Ford is angry now. (laughs) Well, that got extended. Originally, it was supposed to go until January 20th. It's been extended to February 19th. Is that going to keep being extended? More than likely. Because we can see that Pfizer has temporarily reduced their vaccine deliveries to Canada. They're trying to update their systems, it sounds like. And in the meantime, for the next two or three weeks, we have a delay. They say they're going to make it back up. But time will tell. People are riding on that vaccine. If there's a delay, could that have an impact on people's perception of the real estate market? I don't think so, but some do. Are luxury penthouses in Toronto as cheap as $459,000 right now? Way to go, clickbait. Way to go, Narcity, for teasing the city of Toronto that they are able to jump into a luxury penthouse for under 500K. Man, maybe this is your chance. Maybe. Maybe it's your chance to find $100 in the laundry. Real world rags to riches. (laughs) Prices dropped dramatically in 2020. This is the article. This is pure nonsense, by the way. Listen. Listen and enjoy. (laughs) Prices dropped dramatically in 2020 and now there are so many options with the unprecedented shifts that took place in the GTA housing market in 2020. It seems that now is the time to snap up an affordable penthouse for sale in Toronto. According to Toronto based real estate platform, strata.ca. Thanks strata for confusing people. Luxury penthouses are nearly $50,000 cheaper than they were in 2019. Oh, so you're gonna get a $50,000 deal on a penthouse. When times are tough economically, it's usually the luxury market that gets hit the hardest. That's a direct quote from the broker of record of Strata. We saw this happen in 2008 and then in 2020. (laughs) Now luxury listings in the city are available for $700,000 or less. According to Strata, real estate professions predict the luxury market will rebound when restrictions lift in Ontario and business snap back. So this article will have you believe luxury is screwed. You can buy a luxury apartment for $700,000. (laughs) $700,000? $700,000? <laughs> Are you blem? <laughs> that is all fake news. It is. Narcity is literally just using clickbait titles for views at this point. Confusing the masses, man. It's thrilling. Very thrilling. Getting myself a nice discount luxury unit. It's thrilling like my wife whispering dirty things in my ears. She's just like, dishes. <laughs> Laundry. Bathtub. <laughs> oh, give me chills. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's actually talk about luxury and let's go even deeper. Let's talk about luxury condos in the city. Let's get some clarity here. Let's get some real news. Remax has an article, Uber Lux Toronto Real Estate Home Buying Activity in 2020. We we actually covered this article a few, a few days back when we did the, it was actually part of our Hot Topics, but I want to put this to bed because that is we got to fix this. We got to be clear on what the luxury market is doing and specifically in the condo market. Cause that's the one under attack. Listen to these stats, real numbers, free old properties were not alone in their upward momentum. Remax found luxury condominiums in the GTA bucked the downward trend for condominium sales overall in 2020 posting a 28.8% increase in sales year over year of the sales that were $3 million plus, which is crazy. In fact, the number of condominium apartments and townhomes that have changed hands at the three, four and $5 million price points have all set new records. So what is luxury in Toronto? Is it 700,000? Is that, is that your luxury? Or is it 3 million, 400, 4 million, 5 million, all of which have all time records. There's no $50,000 discount. If you're buying a $700,000 condo, you're condo, you're not living a lavish lifestyle here in Toronto. So to clarify, if you want a deal on a $700,000 condo, fine, if there still is one. Sure, enjoy your deal. But don't try to convince us, us wiser people, wise to this news, that the luxury condos are hurting, they simply aren't. Uh, I hope you guys learned some stuff today. Please hit that like, subscribe button. And I'm gonna wrap up with some fun here, guys. I hope we stay inside, stay clean, clean your hands, pro tip, pro tip. You know how they say sing happy birthday when you're washing your hands? I say what I find is Uptown Funk to be much more effective. Don't believe me? Just wash. (laughs) I'll see you guys next time. Take care and keep it real.